Good morning. I'm so happy today is finally here. My name is Christy Pickett, and I'm the Director of Missions here at TFRC. And this is an exciting day because what I do all year, I get to plan for part of it for this service, where we bring mission partners in from all over the world and all of our local ones as well, and they come to share with you. They come to be with you, spend time, share the stories of what we're doing through TFRC. So it's an exciting day for me. Um, missions really matter here. You got a really small glimpse of some of the things that were going on with our mission partners there during the video. And later today um, in this service, we have a panel of speakers that will be up here sharing stories of the impact we're making. In the children's ministry, um, there will be, they have their own speakers and they're having their own activities and fun experiences there. The youth group is over there meeting with their speakers and, and really truly um, getting connected with them and, and hopefully at that when they go off to college they can connect with those ministries there as well. So very exciting day, lots going on. We have 29 out of 20 um, or 25 out of 29 mission partners in the Octagon. So really hoping that you spend some time with them after service and get connected. Um, Miranda Irby is going to read the scripture for us today. She's agreed to do that. Thank you, Miranda. So as she makes her way up there, um, scripture here at TFRC we believe is central to our faith in Christ. So we put the podium in the middle of the room and we read from the middle of the room and we ask if you are able to please stand and face that direction. Whenever you're ready, Miranda. But but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Thank you. Short and sweet today, but important. This is our mission strategy for TFRC. Um, we have um, our Jerusalem is the Magic Valley. Our Judea is the state of Idaho. Our Samaria is our country, and of course, into the earth is just as it says. And so we truly feel that we are called to not one of those places, but all of those places. And we do that through through where our mission partners are led. We have a lot of people from our church that are led to certain groups, and I think that's great. That way, together, collectively as this church, we can reach all of those areas. We are a missional church. We impact the world for Jesus. Um, we have a mission department. They've hired me as a missions director. We have a missions team of nine here at our church that they prayerfully consider uh, missional decisions that we have. We support 29 mission projects all over the world. We have a mission corner in the octagon and you can go there and look at the website that we have anytime. And the mission website is up here on the screen now. You can also get to that mission website through our church website at tfrc.org. So I challenge you to, that's a great place to keep connected with this mission partners throughout the year as well. You go on there, there's some little crosses you can't see very well at this picture, but you can click on them and you can go and learn things about that mission partner. And periodically their updates are put on there as I get them, but it's a great avenue we collect missions challenge offering um, throughout the year and we have a mission budget so we do a lot of missional things being that that we are a missional church our mission budget is $116,425 a year that we that we get 
to distribute through missions. <clears throat> through our mission challenge offering in the past 12 months, we have um, given out $173,401, so a lot of money. All of that totaling over $289,826. So. It's awesome because missions are important to this church and, and we see that um, through our mission partners and our interest, not only in donating, but getting involved. And so th thank you for being a missional church and making my job easier. It's great. Um, and scripture directs us that this is right and this is the right path of being focused on that mission of God and sharing Jesus with others. Um, we already talked about Acts 1-8, and she'll put it back up on the screen, but just about going and being witnesses. Um, we also have Mark 16-15 here that says, and, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So again, scripture affirms that. Um, and part of the Great Commission, which is Matthew 28, I'll get to turn to that. Says, therefore go and make disciples out of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So we're definitely affirmed, you know, that scripture directs us to this missional call. It's not something that we just want to do. It's something that we're, we're led to do by scripture. It's important. And, and really missions means go. And, and it doesn't always mean go across the world. Go can mean going to your neighbors. It can mean going to your job every day and sharing. It could mean going to, you know, um, out of state, or it could mean going to the ends of the earth. But however look, that looks for you, just feeling that presence of where God wants you and, and going and going and doing. And, and with that, really at our church, Everything we do is missional. I know we, I just give you this long list of things that I titled as missional for, for our church, but really everything we do is about that mission of God and sharing Jesus with others. We have community groups like our Monday night and our Wednesday groups where we bring people in from our church, but we also bring people in from the community and have fun and share Jesus, and we really equip others through other Bible studies and stuff to share that, to share Jesus with others. And we do that mostly through our story, right? It's, it's really hard when you're just going and trying to talk to somebody with the Bible, right? So through our stories and the impact that Jesus has made on our lives, we can make a huge difference in the Magic Valley and to the ends of the earth. So I wanted to share a little bit with you today about my story um, of how God told me to go. So my family and I lived in Burbank, California my husband Ray, my son Austin, and myself. And I had a great career. I was a little bit of a workaholic, and when I say little, that's probably not accurate. I, I loved what I did, and, and I was just kind of consumed by it. And so my husband, however, he kind of had a frustrating job where he had to drive all over LA. Um, he often would be on job sites and be away from his car for short time periods and everything, all his tools would be stolen out when he'd go back right in the middle of a job. And so he would just stay frustrated from that overpopulation and all those problems. And he told me, he said, we, we need to move. And I was like, no, no we don't. This, is, this weather in Burbank is beautiful. And so anyway, I, I prayed and prayed about it. And I really felt called and I felt that God was telling me to go. And so I started entertaining the conversation, um, and he said, I really want to move to Twin Falls, Idaho. 
And I said, do you want to move where? Where are we going? And he had lived here before. My husband's a base jumper, and so he loves the bridge. And I, and I would pray and pray, and I was like, you want me to go where, and you want me to go why? Because, I, you know, I'm not quite getting this. Um, I'm a planner, a saver, an organizer. I like everything to be detailed, and it all has to make sense in my mind. I grew up in the church, and so God was always important to me, but I had a really bad habit of tending to lean on God when my plans weren't perfect. Like when it didn't work out, I'm like, okay, God, help me out here. So this was an act of faith for me. And I said, okay, it was one of the clearest moments in my life I'm supposed to go. My husband, we didn't even have a confirmed job for him yet, and we moved to Twin Falls, Idaho. And I can say that was 10 years ago, and if I didn't come, my life would look so different, and I, I wouldn't be as amazing as it is now. God has a plan, and if you trust him and listen to him, Um, it will be amazing. And so I've been on staff here now for three years. Never thought in a million years I would work at a church. Um, and, And I didn't even think I had gifts that I could use for God. I don't know if any of you guys feel like that, but sometimes you're like, what, what, would I, what would God use me for? How would he use my gifts? Or do I have any gifts that are even usable? And, and so through this path, I've learned that we all have amazing gifts. You know, they can look like your talents, your abilities, um, your passions. They don't have to be traditional gifts. God can use them all. And so, um, so that was kind of my story of getting here to Twin Falls, Idaho. I just never imagined that. Um, one story four years ago that always stuck into my mind of somebody using their gifts. And I don't know if you remember, it was the very first Inspire Sunday. And four years ago, I was not on staff. Um, the staff brought in a guy by the name of Ben Glenn. And Ben Glenn had major trouble with learning and disabilities and focus in the classroom. He stayed in trouble all the time when he was growing up, um, didn't really feel like he had any gifts, um, but a teacher worked with him once and told him, hey, can you imagine if you used your talents for good? And that struck a chord in him. And the next slide that'll come up is shows, does anybody remember him? Yeah, so you remember him. For whatever reason, that stuck in my mind because we still have pictures in the octagon. And with his amazing gifts and passions, he would turn um, his lack of setting still into art. And he would create a masterpiece with chalk while listening to music and sharing a biblical message. And so many people wrote him off and said he didn't really have any gifts, but he took his gifts and his situation and used them. And that always reminds me of me because I was like, what would I do? Why would, you know? And so that's a great example. So I want to ask you guys, are, we, are you using your gifts? And I want to challenge you to use your gifts um, as you go through this and you talk to mission partners and see, what gifts do I have? It's not going to look like mine. Ben Glenn's did not look like any of yours, probably. It'll be your own and your own story that he uses. And so I want to challenge you to invest. Invest in the mission of God. It could be short-term commitments, um, maybe minimal connections. Maybe that's all you have, and that's what God's calling you in right now in this stage of your life. Um, some some um, I, examples of this or donating through an offering is the great way. Our mission partners impact people, and you're going to hear about that shortly. Um, But donating through those offerings are great. Also, somebody like Mustard Seed, which is here our local thrift store, or Stanton Healthcare, which is a local um, clinic that helps women that are pregnant for unexpected pregnancies, they just need help for you coming in and sorting 
sorting donations. It can be super simple. It doesn't even have to be on a schedule routine. You can pop in, help them out, and be out of there. But it's impactful for them because it, it does help them. Jubilee House right now has a great need for somebody to come in and help pull up carpet because they've got somebody that has helped um, purchase carpet and they're going to come back and lay it. But those are very simple things that, that you could help out that wouldn't be much time or effort but would be a, a good investment. Next is involve. So you could get in deeper relationship. If God's calling to you a deeper relationship or connection, I want to give you a few suggestions. Right now through Macaulay's home and Aka, which Macaulay's home is in Africa, and Aka is in Thailand, you can support a child and that gives them all the food, clothing, educational needs, spiritual needs, everything they need you can help give them for just a little bit a month, and it's a great way to connect. And you can also interact with them via letters throughout the year there, and so get that deeper connection of talking to that child and letting that child know somebody loves them just from here. Um, you also, on those with those two mission partners, you can go on mission trips. We sent Aka, um, a team to Aka in Thailand back in February. That was a phenomenal trip, and we also are sending a team to McCallie's home in a week and a half from now. So if that's ever on your heart, that's something that we, we will have future trips that you guys could plug into there. And then last point is impacting. So taking all of our energy and, and impacting um, the world for Jesus there. And are we changing lives? We want to change lives for Jesus. Like I said, there's local organizations you can plug into like Valley House, Deeper Connections and Relationships, Grow Hope. We always need bus drivers for different ministries. Um, it's simple, but it's a little more of a commitment and you can sign up to help with that. That's great. Um, and in addition to all of that, we can have a huge impact just about going about our normal day-to-day -day week and, and sharing your story with others and how Jesus has impacted you, and that will make a huge difference. So now what we're going to do is we're going to hear from some of our mission partners and how they've impacted um, through Jesus, through them, how they've impacted the world. So um, this morning, and I'm going to do it as a panel, so they're all going to come up together. For words of, for Hope Unlimited, we have David Noel. Oh, has joined us. Hope Unlimited rescues kids in the street in Brazil. These are some of the hardest kids that have went through crazy life circumstances. Um, and, and they truly help them be successful Christian adults through their life and coming out the other side. It's not just one of those things where they time out um, of the orphanage system. We've helped with him on mission challenge offering and special offerings. And David Miller is also here with us with Chi Alpha Campus Ministries. Come on up. David, I mean Daniel, I apologize, Daniel Miller. Daniel works with the young adults at Idaho State College in Pocatello, Idaho. College time is such a crucial time when um, our decision-making for those young adults is pretty low. So to have that ministry presence is huge. And so he's here, here to share with us on that. And we've worked with them through the annual budget and special offerings as well. So I'm going to scoot over here and get out of your way so you can see all of them. All right, thank you for being here with us, guys, and all your traveling in. So let's start with just the first question is, what's inspired you to the call to ministry? And Daniel, we'll start with you. Yeah, that's, um, that's a great question. I, I never felt called to ministry, um, which, which was always, um, for me in, in ministry, it was, it was kind of a challenge because I'd hear people share these really 
deep, intense, kind of emotional moments they would have or, or these intense stories. And I was like, man, like, I, I never felt called. I just volunteered. And uh, it was great. I was um, in, a, in a conference, and I was in, a, in kind of a little group of um, missionaries and pastors, and we were talking, and, and they're like, let's share our calling stories. And so everybody starts going around and, and sharing their stories. And I just I shared with a man, like, um, I've, I've never felt called. I just... I just volunteered, and, and uh, they said, well, what do you mean you volunteered? And I said, well, I, I um, was at the university. I worked with this group called Chi Alpha, and as I began to invest into people's lives, I saw lives start to change and transform. And, and at the end of my career in college, I just I asked the Lord, I said, God, like, I don't know um, what to do, but I know I want to make a difference in this world, and, um, and so I'll, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere you say. I'll do anything you want, want me to do. And um, I remember reading Isaiah 61, and it says that he, that God, it was a prophecy about Jesus saying that he will bind up the brokenhearted and he'll release the prisoners from darkness. And um, that hit me, and I was like, man, I just, I have to do that. And so I was trying to figure out with that, you know, business career, what, what would be um, for me. And I just felt like, man, logically, giving my life to university students in a season where they're making huge decisions um, and Jesus should be a part of those decisions was the right choice. And so I just stepped in and did it. And uh, this missionary looks at me and he's like, Daniel, that's called a calling. I was like, oh, okay, I am called. <laughs> but for me, it just felt logical. That makes sense, yeah. And how about for you, David? How did that look? Uh, my wife and I spent uh, the better part of our, our adult lives. I was a senior administrator at, at uh, two or three different Christian colleges and just assumed that's where we would spend the rest of our careers. And then about 10 years ago, we made the mistake of going to Brazil. And, and the first night we were there, we went out with a group of girls from Hope Unlimited. They had won a contest for having the, the cleanest uh, house for the, the previous month. And we went out for a pizza party with them. And the next day, we sat down with our social workers. And we started asking that we learned the names of several of the girls. We started asking about their stories. And, and you know, one girl had had been trafficked by, she had been kidnapped from her home and trafficked. Another girl had been trafficked by her own parents. And, and then we went around the room of, of all the different girls and we, we just heard these, these horrible life stories and, and that, this tragedy that, that had marked their existence. And I remember saying to Adriana that, how are those girls going to make it? And Adriana was a social worker and she looked at us she said, well, with, with God, of course. And the next day we went to the campus. And uh, we saw these girls in the vocational programs and the academic programs. We saw them in a worship service, and, and we just this absolute remarkable transformation in their lives. And uh, we were invited by Hope at that time to come and be a part of the ministry. And, and we told them, well, give us a couple of weeks to get home and make a decision. And then as we got on the bus to travel back to the airport, we realized that we were already talking about what we were going to do and the, and the plans that we had and the things how we were going to engage. And before we even left Brazil, we picked up the phone and called back and said, we're ready to do this. And uh, been there 10 years now and have been blessed just to see God working in these children's lives and transforming them from literally abandoned, exploited children on the streets to godly leaders in their church and in their community and in their, in their homes. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you all. And it's awesome to see how the variance, it's, it's all different, our stories with God. So now question two. Um, David, share a story of how Jesus works in your ministry. 
as I do that, I, you know, we looked up at the screen a few minutes ago. Isn't it amazing how many of these mission partners have the word hope in, in their name? I, I think that it tells a lot about what you're doing and what you're investing in. Uh, a little bit different kind of mission story. Uh, we have chapel two or three times a week on our campuses. We have about 300 kids in residential program, another 700 kids that come in for our day schools. And so we have about 1,000 kids every day that are being exposed to the good news of Jesus Christ. And at our chapel program, we have this big bowl down front, and during what would traditionally be the offertory, the kids can come forward and drop a prayer request in that big bowl. And, so, and it's amazing that so very often this prayer request is that the child has an opportunity to go back and share the good news of Jesus with their family. These are the families that have exploited them, have abused them, have abandoned them, but God gives these kids such hearts for their, their, their family. But, but this story is a little bit different. Uh, one Sunday or one Wednesday we had chapel service and after chapel was over we took the prayer request and, and a couple of the pastors and I were sitting down and we were reading over the request and Philip was there and he would translate for us for me since I, I, I don't do very well in Portuguese and we would pray for each one of these and, and Pastor Durley picks up one prayer request and he looks at it and he smiles and he hands it to me and even in my broken Portuguese I can figure this one out it's from a little boy named Joel and the first word that I recognize is Cachorro Grande, which is big dog. And then the last five words didn't need any translation. It was 51-inch plasma television set. This little boy, Joel, was saying, God, I want a big dog and a 51-inch plasma television set. And we all had a good laugh, and, and we prayed for Joel. We didn't specifically ask for the TV, maybe for the dog, but not the TV. But, but as I reflected, as I reflected and I left, that was the prayer request that got to me most because this little boy a child of the streets wasn't praying for food he wasn't praying for a place to sleep he wasn't even praying to wake up alive the next morning and he wasn't praying for somebody to come and hug him and tell him that he was loved you know why because he has all those things and i realized with Joel, we've made it. We've got him there. Now, now we're going to work on his prayer life <laughs> and, and help him with his focus. But he's safe, and he's okay, and we're making a difference in his life, and he has hope now, and he can pray like 12-year-old boys tend to pray. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Daniel, can you share a story with us? Yeah. Um... A few months ago, I was praying with um, several of our students. One of our students, um, his prayer was really simple. Um, he just said, God, um, I want to love you more. Help me love you more. And, and then he said, God, I want to love myself less and my friends more. And um, I just had my eyes closed, and it was a good thing because I started tearing up, and I was really hoping everybody else had their eyes closed and just start to kind of cry a little bit. And um, I was just shocked by, by the prayer because... Um, because where uh, my friend Raul started was um, when, he was, a, when he, he was raised in Nepal. That's where his whole family still is. They're at the base of a beautiful mountain. And um, they, his family has a hotel for, um, for extreme climbers. They, they climb these enormous peaks. And, and um, one day, um, one of the climbers from Sweden gave him a Bible. And he had no idea what to do with it. And he said, Asked his friends, you know, what is this? The guy gave it to me and said it was a great gift. And his friend said, oh, that's the holy book of the Christians. Um, and he says, it keeps away evil spirits. 
And so Raul kept that book and he slept with it every night um, through his childhood and adolescence. He slept, he said sometimes he would hold it, other times he'd put it under his pillow. But because at night he didn't want the evil spirits to come near him. And he had a dream to go to the U.S. It started a birth in his heart. He came to the United States, and um, he went to his first university. And while he was there, there was a visiting professor from Vietnam there. And um, the professor um, started inviting him to his house for dinner. And when he was at his house, he would share Jesus with him. And he said he had no clue what this professor was talking about, but he made great food. So he just kept going. And um, it is. It is. So halfway through... Um, his time there, he, um, for his visa and things, he needed to transfer schools to an engineering school. And so he came um, to Idaho State University. And when he got here, he was really nervous. He wasn't sure what to do. There was a lot of Nepalese students there, but he wanted to find like people he could trust. So um, the professor that he had met before said, find the Christians and they'll take care of you. So he started coming to Chi Alpha. And um, in the process of coming, he would come over to our house and we'd share dinner and have conversations. He'd go to our, our students' small group Bible studies and he started to learn more and more and he'd ask all these amazing questions, questions I'd never heard because I'd never come from a polytheistic culture, you know? And um, partway through, he comes to me and says, Daniel, like, I, I've given my life to Jesus. He says, will you baptize me? And so my friend Mike and I, we got a chance to baptize him. Um, it was great because we did it right there in um, the pool and, and Reed Gym on the campus. And it was so fun. And so um, after that, though, I was um, going back to that prayer moment and just kind of crying because he told me, he said, I, he said, I wanted to quit school, but um, God told me not to. He said, I need to stay here and be trained so I can go back and share with my family and my friends at home who Jesus is. And uh, that morning I'd read in the Joshua Project, if you haven't heard of that, it's a great app that helps you pray through the world. Um, it brings up, and that morning Nepal was on it, and Nepal is only 1.23% Christian, and, uh, and that's doubled in the last 10 years. And here we had this moment to, um, to share Jesus with this Nepalese student, and from Pocatello, Idaho, affect a corner of the world that really needs Jesus. That's awesome. That's awesome. So just in a few words, what words of encouragement, um, Daniel, we'll start with you, of encouragement would you give somebody that's starting to feel led into missions in some way or another, but they don't feel quite ready? Yeah, um, I think the reading Second Peter chapter 1 is always an encouragement to me. It talks about living a life of impact and um, that you are that God has called us to be, to be fruitful in that. And I'd say too is, um, I hope that where you step out, you don't feel ready, because that means you're gonna need God. And so if you're like, man, I don't know if I could do that, I don't know if, I, if that's maybe giving, if that's um, choosing to step into one of the amazing ministries locally um, that was mentioned, like hopefully you feel a little inadequate because then you're gonna require God to walk with you in it. And that's the best and safest and most powerful place to walk. All right, and David? Uh, I can't tell you how often that uh, I've been speaking and, and someone comes up to, to me afterwards and, and pats me on the hand or on the back and says, I'm so glad you're doing this, but, but God hasn't called me to do that. And I usually look at him and say, well, yeah, actually he has. Uh, in, in James chapter 1, he says, but this is religion of which God approves the care for the widow and orphans. And Isaiah has that beautiful passage in Isaiah 57. He says, when you break the yokes of the oppressed, then your light will break through and you will shine like the morning glory. My word and my encouragement to you is, if you are a follower of Christ, you are called. 
become an agent of hope. You have someone in your neighborhood who does not have hope. Tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. You have someone at your school that is desperate and is hurting. Share the love of Christ with them. You have organizations all around you, and every one of us are pleading. Come alongside us. Walk with us. Help us to tell others about Jesus Christ. Be agents of hope. Awesome. So thank you guys for being here and sharing. They will be out in the octagon, so please go interact with them and, and ask them questions. So thank you guys. Now, we are impacting the world for Jesus. You just got to hear a few. There are a lot of people out there that are encouraged um, by you being here today and want to get to know you. So I encourage you to interact with them and work with them. And as we go throughout our year, our week, our month, and our year, we might need a few reminders. I know I always do. So as you leave today, I have a gift for you and your family. It's one per family, and it's a water bottle infuser with the scripture on it, Matthew 5, 6. And it says, blessed are those who, are, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And so I want us to use this bottle and remember and remember that scripture. Inside the bottle, there's a mission book. And this mission book has all the information for all of our mission partners we partner with. So this is a great way to connect with them as well throughout the year. Take a look at it. Um, find somebody, contact them, and get to know them more. And I hope that this reminds us to invest where Jesus invested and to involve ourselves in people and activities like Jesus involved himself through scripture. Let's, finally, let's impact people's lives in the Magic Valley in the name of Jesus for others through any activity you feel called with your story and your gifts, go out and be a powerful message for him today. They're also, in children's ministry, they will also get a reminder they will get a framed picture of one of the mission partners that have worked with them today as well. And so I ask you, take that home. It's a great place to start by just praying over that mission partner throughout the year and, and being a part of that. And if you don't have a kid in children's ministry, well, you've got all of the people in the mission octagon that you can connect with and get started wherever God's leading you. And then throughout the year, you have this book that you can use and get connected with them that way as well. So... So we will start now by praying and, and get going on being missional in that way. So if you can bow your heads. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful day. Thank you for everything you do for us, Lord. Thank you for all these mission partners that are here with us today. And just be with us and lead, guide, and direct us where you want us to be and where you want us to go as your hands and feet to the world, Lord. Thank you for everything you do for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.